listening to Sugarhouse Sound. Hello, this is Connor Lockie with the third episode of the Clutter and Dissonance podcast. The Clutter and Dissonance podcast is dedicated to showcasing new and exciting music in all different styles from all different parts of the world. And thank you to the forum for hosting this podcast. And you can check out a playlist for all the music I play on this podcast over on the Westminster Forum Media Spotify page. So without further ado, let's move into the third episode. And the theme I want to focus on here is hypnagogic music. And specifically, what I'm noticing is a second different wave of hypnagogic music. Hypnagogia, literally, is that state right before you fall asleep when you're in kind of that dream-like state of being awake. And around the late 2000s and moving into the 2010s, there was this group of artists who started making this really lo-fi, really dream-like music that kind of incorporated old recording styles, old styles of music, mostly 80s pop and 80s R&B. Ariel Pink, Neon Indian, Toro y Moi are big artists in this genre. It's also kind of blends in with Chill Wave a little bit, which was a really short-lived music that came about. And that music was very focused on being very sunny, conjuring up images of the beach and faraway tropical lands and kind of using this weird nostalgic dreamlike state to evoke those images and bring about that kind of mood. But as the decade moves forward and music changes, there kind of seems to be this second wave, as I said, going on that's a lot darker the source material is no longer just 80s pop and R&B. It seems to be focused a lot more on hip-hop, noise music, ambient music, those kind of genres. And the biggest difference is definitely the subject matter. There's no longer the sunny atmospheres of hypnagogic music. It seems a lot more obsessed with the city and the bleak urban lifestyle that a lot of people live in. And while it might seem... Like, this is miles away from the other genre of hypnagogic music to the point that they're not even related. There are still some things that really tie these two styles of music together. And one is that lo-fi recording quality. It's still present in all of this music. And the focus on memory and the focus on the inability of memory to accurately recall the past is still huge here. You know, you get those old styles and this warped, nostalgic feeling in this second wave hypnagogic music. So to get started, I want to kind of take some artists who were involved in that first wave of hypnagogic music and show how their styles are changing to kind of fit this new style. And first off, I want to play a track from James Ferraro, whose 2011 album Far Side Virtual is probably one of the defining moments of hypnagogic pop. Super strange album using a lot of weird commercial MIDI sounds and text speak from a computer program. This is from his 2015 record Skid Row, which came out on Break World Records. And when this album first came out two years ago, I dismissed it completely. I hated it. I listened to it once or twice and thought it was just complete garbage. But in the last month or so, I've been listening to it a lot more and realizing that 
What he's doing is actually pretty genius. Skid Row is referencing the neighborhood in Los Angeles, and the whole record is supposed to be this kind of portrait of the degradation of life in Los Angeles over the 20th and 21st century. And he incorporates a lot of really cool sound bits from news and court testimonies from the O.J. Simpson case. It's really interesting. And he couples it all with this really warped R&B music. And the one thing that you'll notice immediately when I play this clip is James Ferraro's voice. It is so strange. It's so deadpan and just this whispery kind of way that he sings. It's, I mean, technically it's very bad. He's a very bad singer, but something about the way that he just sits over this R&B beat and what he's singing is so potent. And so the example I chose is the track Street Freaks, one of my favorites from this Skid Row album. It has this really slow groove, this really repetitive groove for sure. But there's these little bits of saxophone and almost gospel vocals that come in. And again, over everything is James Ferraro's just unrelentingly monotonous voice. But if you kind of key into the lyrics, he's saying some really interesting things about class and race divisions in Los Angeles and how those play out. And he's kind of using this term street freaks to look at the way that people of a lower class kind of get labeled as scummy or weird and the message can be kind of hard to decipher because he is a little bit vague and surreal about his lyrics, but you can pick up a lot. And I think it's really powerful along with this just completely hypnotic instrumental. So here is Street Freaks by James Ferraro.
Okay, once again, Street Freaks by James Ferraro. And if you want more of that and want to kind of get this total picture of what he's trying to accomplish, do check out Skid Row. It's a very complete, very well-sequenced album. Moving on to an artist from London named Dean Blunt. Dean Blunt was in a group named Hype Williams with Inga Copeland, who I'll get to later in this podcast. And Hype Williams was right there in hypnagogic music. Their album One Nation is one of the defining albums of that style, in my opinion. And since then, Dean has gone on to make a solo career, and he released a few really great records, uh, The Redeemer, Black Metal. And then he kind of made a name change and started releasing music under this alias Baby Father, which is his alternate rap persona, I guess. And he's making this really, again, lo-fi, hypnotic, as all hypnagogic music is bound to be, hip-hop music. And he'll pitch shift his voice, and he has this sidekick named DJ Escrow who makes music with him, which honestly just sounds like it's him singing in a different register and with some auto-tune effects on him. But this is from his mixtape, Platinum Tears, which he self-released last year in 2016. And this is just a really great example of how this hypnagogic hip-hop started to come about, um, a style that I think other artists are picking up on. It's a track called Breeze. And again, like that James Ferraro track, you're going to hear this really repetitive groove. But if you think about hip-hop, I mean, that's a defining characteristic of the genre is repetitive grooves and the loop of a beat. But what's different here is not only is it so distorted and so low quality in recording, but the groove itself is unlike a lot of hip-hop beats you'll hear. You can, you'll listen for a little bit, and it takes a minute to kind of find where the beat's laying. It's really a rhythmic kind of obscure and there's a lot of cluttering of the beat with kind of noises and weird percussion samples and then the voice dean blunt or baby father more accurately is pitch shifting his voice into this high register and it just sounds like this little gremlin almost is just rapping over this beat but like the james ferraro track from before he's using this opportunity to actually talk about some interesting issues I think this track, very vaguely, again, but it does address some issues of police profiling, especially, I know I've read a lot of interviews with Dean Blunt, and he is very outspoken about his distrust of the London police force, and you can hear that coming through in this. So this is Breeze by Babyfather. Yes. Bless. 
said what you're doing We need that Bless Boy, what you're doing Have you got that by baby father yeah it just sounds like that's a hip-hop track from some lost time and the tape that it was originally recorded on just got degraded and warped and now here we are with this lost relic even though it is an original composition from last year and like i said Dean Blunt was in a group called Hype Williams with Inga Copeland, who herself has gone on to have a solo career of her own. And she's now releasing music under the name Lolina. I think that pun is really intentional. And she had an album come out last year. It was actually this weird visual album kind of thing called Live in Paris. It's still up on Vimeo if you want to check it out. It's really strange, you know, very surreal, but I think successful nonetheless. And this is a track called I Am Your Ambient Wife Live from that Live in Paris record. This is a new direction that I think a lot of music is going in. And there's a ton of music that is following. I don't know if it's necessarily in Lolina or Inga Copeland's footsteps, but she is at the forefront of it. And she's one of the many artists working in this style. And it's this really weird sound collage kind of way of making music where they'll incorporate elements of a bunch of different styles of music, very abruptly switch between different genres, different pieces, and kind of create this total atmosphere of disorder and confusion. But again, what I think keeps this in the hypnagogic tradition is all these things that just seem to come from really wayward places and they are, their context is completely lost. There's no way to kind of put meaning onto any of it. And it all just fades in and out. You know, there's this one moment in this track with these really ghostly vocals and they're just haunting the mix over these really dissonant piano lines. And it's very unsettling, but nonetheless conjures a dreamlike, if not nightmarish, state. And one really interesting thing I want to point out that Copeland does in this piece is you'll hear towards the back end this weird keyboard sample come in. And what that actually is, is a sample from her 2015 track, Misunderstood. So she's referencing her own work in another piece, calling back to that past, but then it'll just fade right away. It's it's all very heady and you get lost in it, but that's what makes this that hypnagogic atmosphere that I love so much. So here is I Am Your Ambient Wife live by Lolina. I am your, 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 I am your,
Once again, I am your ambient wife, live by Lolina. And so, like I said, those three artists did a lot of work in the early stages of hypnagogic music and have since pushed it into new directions. And now I'm going to spend the rest of this podcast focusing on either new artists or artists who are new to this style, who have kind of adopted these second wave hypnagogic ideals and made their own music. So first, I want to look at an artist who is living in Turin, Italy. His name is Ives Tumor. And this is from his record that came out last year, Serpent Music. Actually, Ives Tumor did recently release a kind of mixtape on SoundCloud that is very good. So go check that out if you are interested in this kind of music, this kind of low-key, ambient, weird pop music. But this track is called The Feeling When You Walk Away, and it's one of Tumor's more popular tracks, but there's such a reason why. It's so awesome. It's this really low-key R&B track And it's just, I can't even imagine what he went through to get it to sound this careless and just this washed away. I mean, there's such a druggy atmosphere about this whole thing. The vocals, you can barely understand the words. Just these guitar lines that come in and out of the track are just so silky, so smooth. In the same way that that Dean Blunt track the Baby Father track sounded like it was pulled from another time. This is the definition of that. This sounds like a lost R&B cut from the 70s that just somehow got recovered. And one thing I love that happens towards the end of this track is the snare drum that comes in. It's so poorly mixed. It's so booming and so disruptive that it just brings you out of this hypnagogic atmosphere but in the same way carries it along. It's at one sense disruptive, but also adds the total atmosphere. I think it's a really great moment in the track. So here is The Feeling When You Walk Away by Ives Tumor. Yeah. 
Ives' Tumor with the feeling when you walk away. One of the most blissful tracks I've heard in a couple years. Moving on, going over to an artist from Norway named Jenny Vall. Jenny Vall is one of my favorite artists. She keeps getting better and better with each album. And one of the things that has always been her calling card and has kind of given her attention is her subject matter, her lyrics, and her conceptualism. She talks a lot about female sexuality, female empowerment, her problems with capitalism and governments and stuff like that. And she'll get very raunchy in her lyrics, very cut and dry about what she's saying, which can be off-putting for some people. But other people, including myself, can often find it really rewarding to listen to someone who just so boldly goes at what they're getting. And this is from her record from last year that came out on Sacred Bones Records called Blood Bitch, which she self-described as trying to tie in vampire horror movies with menstruation and the life cycle in general. For such a short album, it really does attempt to tackle a large conceptual subject. But I think she does it great, and that's because it's musically her best album. Some of her compositions and instrumental work on her past records has been a little cheesy, relying on some weird 70s rock cliches that I don't think always work out for her. But she just got it so right on this record. And there's a lot of really great lo-fi pop, really cool, more spoken word or ambient pieces. And that's one of the pieces I'm going to play. This is a cut called The Plague. And this is very in the style of that Lolina track I played earlier. The sound collage, the really dreamy way of calling in different styles from different time periods and just laying them across one amorphous field. These go through so many sections. There's like ambient kind of synth passages. There's a weird EDM sample towards the end. Vol talks about taking her birth control for a little bit and even though these things are so disparate, it's this constant atmosphere of just this hypnagogic thing I'm trying to get at, the calling out memories but not really being able to remember them completely that carries it through. Things will get cut off and taken over, fade in, fade out, and the whole thing just creates this really odd, cohesive atmosphere that can be haunting, but at the same time, really beautiful. So here is The Plague by Jenny Vall.
Jenny Vall with The Plague from her fantastic conceptual record Blood Bitch from 2016. Moving into more traditional song structures, more pop-oriented, with an Australian artist named Carla Dal Forno. This is from her record last year, 2016, on Blackest Ever Black. It's called You Know What It's Like. Very short album, but... There are some really cool compositions on here, and this one, called What You Gonna Do Now, is my favorite. I've been listening to this a lot since this album came out. It's a really, like I said, low-key pop song. There's these really quiet drums, this repeating keyboard progression. It's a starkly minimal composition, and then Dalforno's vocals are so cool. They're so deadpan, they're so dry, and she just has no emotion in them. But instead of coming across kind of dejected and bored, it has this really creepy effect. The lyrics of this song are, what you gonna do now, that the nights come and it's around you, and you can't really tell if she's warning you, threatening you retroactively feeling sorry for you it is ambiguous and in that ambiguity she fits into this hypnagogic tradition of kind of existing in this alternate pop music reality where you're not supposed to be the traditional pop singer who's bearing their emotions or calling someone to feel along with them. It's a lot more otherworldly, and that's what I love about this track. Just There's no emotion to it, but at the same time, it makes you feel so many different emotions. So this is What You Gonna Do Now by Carla Dal Forno.
Okay, What You Gonna Do Now by Carla Dal Forno. And one of the things I have to mention and commend that album for is it sticks to that mood for the whole time. So if you like that or love that, you will love the rest of that album. She sits in that strange, ambiguous, non-emotion place for the whole time. And like I said, it's short, so it doesn't get boring or tiring. It's just this great piece of constant music. And she actually has an EP coming out that by the time this podcast is published will be out. So check that out, her new EP on Blackest Ever Black. Moving on to a very anonymous artist named Cybervision Simulcast. Uh, they kind of come out of this internet tradition of putting out music on Bandcamp and SoundCloud very anonymously. So tough to tell what's going on here, but this is from their 2017 record called Sewer City. Came out in HVRF Central Command, uh, one of the internet-based record labels that's doing a lot with vaporwave, post-vaporwave music, very cool stuff like that. And Sewer City is meant to be a record that soundtracks just that. This weird, industrial, dystopic, post-apocalyptic society that's just the complete degradation of humanity, it seems like. And fittingly, this is pretty dark music. It's very lo-fi, like most of the music I've played so far has been, but this takes it a whole step further. This is bordering between straight noise and music composition. It's so subtle, so just repetitive and dreary that you do kind of feel like you're transported into this underground, cavernous world, especially if you kind of partake in some deep listening, put yourself in a dark room with nothing else and just really listen to the sounds of the sewer city. You can get some really great transportive effects from this. These are two sidelong tracks, so I'm only going to play a clip from the first one. It's supposed to be the soundtrack music for Zindaloo's 24-7 Diner in Sewer City. And it's the Megazone Precinct 11 is the name of this specific cut. And it's just got this great driving drum groove that you can't really put your finger on, but it's just like over and over again. And these keyboards will come in and wash in and out. And it's not really musically all that exciting, I guess. I don't know. I think especially the second sidelong track of Sewer City gets pretty boring, but I think it works on this first one. Even though there's not much going on, and I wouldn't say it's really compositionally dense or much to get into, but the atmosphere just totally overtakes you, and it can be really, really great to just sit and let this music happen. So here is a cut from Zindaloo's 24-7 Diner by Cybervision Simulcast.
right. Cybervision simulcast with a clip from Zindaloo's 24-7 Diner. Moving on to an artist who has been making music for a very long time, Aaron Dilloway. He most famously was in Wolf Eyes during some of their most famous albums, you know, their early, noisy, aggressive, industrial albums. And then he's gone on to have his own solo career. And if you go on to Discogs and look at Aaron Dilloway's discography, I mean, he has more side projects, collaborative albums, weird bands, solo albums than most people will make in their entire career. And he is still going, still doing it. And it's great for that because he's an incredibly talented musician. And this is from his album from this year, 2017, called The Gag File on Deus Records. And Aaron Dilloway is sometimes the opposite of hypnagogic music. If you want something truly brutal, listen to his album, Beggar Master. I don't think I've heard an album ever in my life that's more just cold and harsh as that album. It is abrasion to the max. But this album, The Gag File, is a lot more low-key and... The more I listen to it, the more I realize that it is absolutely responding to these hypnagogic ideas and these vaporwave ideas that come out about recalling the past and not being able to. There's a really great track on this album that is just this weird taped piece that sounds like it's from a bar in like the 90s or the early 2000s. And these people keep repeating the same thing over and over again. It's really haunting and creepy and it just all plays in which is why it was really hard for me to pick just one track because listening to the gag file straight through is quite an experience you hear a lot of different sounds and you move through a lot of different phases with Dilloway's music but I picked this track called karaoke with Cal because I think it most potently highlighted this hypnagogic style that he's getting himself into There's this really weird, distorted vocal that I would imagine is Cal singing his karaoke over and over again. And the whole track is based off what sounds like this jazz loop, like it's a stand-up bass and maybe a little bit of other instrumentation, but it sounds like a degraded tape just looping and clipping over and over and over again. It's not really in time. It's not really easy to listen to. And it can get annoying and grating on your ears how much it repeats. But then there's a part of me that just submits to it and just lets it happen. And there's this really strange buzzing noise that enters in over the end. And for all of its strange repetition and failure to do anything, it's a a really evocative track and you kind of can get lost in it. So here is Karaoke with Cal by Aaron Dilloway.
Aaron Dillaway with Karaoke with Cal from his Gag File record, a really excellent noise ambient record from this year. Moving on, in the style of brutal music, I want to play this track from a band called Robe Door, which is Britain Alex Brown. I understand they're siblings. They're from L.A., and this is from their record called New Age Sewage off Hands in the Dark Records. Came out this year. And this is really brutal music. Really unrelenting. Like, there's no forgiveness in this. It almost sounds like a hypnagogic version of heavy metal or something in the middle. It just gets so driving and aggressive and these screaming vocals and huge guitar chords. But it's not just straight aggression. It's all really drony and ambient and kind of fades in and out and has this huge swelling hiss over it. And like a lot of the music I've been playing, it sounds like instead of this band making an aggressive metal record in 2017, it sounds like they're doing their best to salvage a broken tape of some lost heavy metal band from the 70s that no one's ever heard of. And in preparation for this podcast, I was reading an interview with the band, and this track is called The Tunnel, and they said in an interview they literally wanted listeners to feel like they were stuck in a tunnel of sound. You hear things that aren't there, you feel claustrophobic, so yeah, hopefully this evokes that for you, this really constricting atmosphere of sound. So here is The Tunnel by Robe Door. with the tunnel, one of the heaviest, most aggressive, yet 
strangely dreamy and kind of a subdued vibe there, even though it is very horrifying music. I just have one more to play from an artist named Best Available Technology. He's an artist working out of Portland, and this is from his Exposure Therapy EP on Styles Upon Styles. Came out earlier this year. In the liner notes for this album, which you can check out on Bandcamp, he talks about how golden age hip-hop from New York, kind of that boom-bap style, was his big inspiration for this. And so again, this fits into that style that all these artists have been working with, with calling back music from the past. But when you listen to this, you don't necessarily get that idea of 80s hip-hop right away. But once you kind of think about it, you can hear it. You can hear those drums and you can hear kind of the repetitive samples and keyboard riffs, but it's so staticky, so distorted, so warped. A lot of the times the beat here will just stumble and kind of skip or fall back and miss a beat. It can be really disorienting at times, but once it comes back, and it always does, he always brings this music back to a strict 4-4 tempo. And when he does, it's really rewarding to get lost and find your way back. But it still feels like it's just from another place and another time. Very anachronistic sounding music, even though made very much using 2017 technology. So here is the opening track from this Exposure Therapy EP called Session 10670 by Best Available Technology. Best Available Technology with Session 10670. That is all that I have for this episode. Check out that playlist that the forum puts on their Spotify. 
And thank you again to them for hosting this and putting this on their Sugar House Sound SoundCloud page. Uh, it's been really great. And I'll be back next month with another episode. Thank you.